Part 3 Rain was slashing down that evening like oblique attacks from a razor-wielding predator. It hissed as it hit the pavement, lashed at the building fronts and windows, sought to flay the leaves from the few stunted bushes that lined the street before Simon's apartment in Queens. Thunder rumbled ominously overhead, but the clouds never unleashed a display of lightning. Joshua had been trying to parallel park his car for the past five minutes into a cramped space between a jeep and an annoyingly parked motorbike when Gabrielle arrived. Having just pulled out once more into the street, Joshua watched as her headlights approached in the rearview mirror, recognizing her car by the dim left light. She drove a beat-up original Mini Cooper, and, before he could complain, slipped into his spot, executing a frontal parking job with disarming and infuriating ease. Joshua turned around to stare over his shoulder at Gabrielle as she kicked open her door and leapt out, a large glossy magazine held over her head as she slammed the door behind her and raced across the street into the entrance of Simon's building. She hadn't even glanced at him. The rain drummed furiously on the roof of his car, and, with a sigh, he shifted into first gear and then cursed as he stalled out. Ten minutes later, Simon opened his front door and peered out at where Joshua stood, dripping on the landing. You're late, he said, and turned to stalk down the long entrance hall into his rat's nest of a living room. Hi, Simon, Joshua said to himself. Great to see you, too. Shrugging out of his coat, he stepped inside, and then hung it up on one of the hooks impaled to the door's back. Music was throbbing from somewhere close, a suggestive bass beat and a crooning vocalist speaking of a paradise she had lost. Trying not to breathe too deeply, Joshua followed Simon into the living room and saw Gabrielle lounging in an armchair, having unceremoniously shoved all of Simon's junk onto the floor. She was flicking through a gaming magazine, clearly doing little more than looking at the pictures, long, pale legs extended out over the chair's arm. Hi, Gabrielle, said Joshua, trying to sound cool, relaxed. She flicked a glance up at him, gave him a wide smile. Joshua, you are soaked! Do you need a towel? Simon, get Joshua a towel. He can get it himself, said Simon, back in his chair before his computers. He had three set up along one wall, each hooked to a couple of flat-screen monitors. Several of them showed paused computer games. One was unabashedly playing pornographic cartoons, while the remaining three showed code. Joshua debated stepping over to Gabrielle to kiss her cheek, the kind of casual bonhomie that would demonstrate their affection for each other. But the moment passed, and instead he simply ran his hands energetically through his sparse hair and gave her what he hoped was a rakish smile. I'm not made of sugar. A little rain won't melt me away. Simon snorted at this, and then turned around to face them. Okay, whatever. Listen, we've got a problem. Gabrielle lowered the magazine, eyes narrowing, and Joshua suddenly sat bolt upright. They caught us? He asked, heart suddenly thundering in his throat. FBI, jail time, the media, his family in tears. It all came rushing at him, just as he had known it would. They'd have to escape, make a run for it. No, moron, said Simon. Of course not. You think I'd call you guys here if they had? He shook his head. So what is it? asked Gabrielle. Did somebody refuse to pay? Easier if I'd just show you, said Simon and turned back to his computer. This is a log from earlier this morning. A user in Japan flagged it and brought it to my attention. I got rid of him by telling him it was a joke I pulled to see if anybody was watching, but yeah. Check this out. It's fucked. Joshua and Gabrielle both leaned forward. On one of the largest computer monitors, a window snapped up into view, depicting the inside of a coffin. 
a moldering woman lying at rest on the faded padding, illuminated by a faint green light. Her face was ruinous. The eyes collapsed into their sockets, the lips pulled back from the overlong teeth, her nose little more than cartilage. Joshua tried not to grimace. It was Mary Ellen, the aesthetician from seven months ago. Pill overdose. He glanced sidelong at Gabrielle. She was gazing avidly at the screen, mouth slightly parted. Joshua looked away. The naked interest, appreciation on her face always made him uncomfortable. Now, this is at around 9 this morning. 9.13 to be exact. At 9.14, watch this. Joshua looked back. The corpse, which had been lying completely still, began to shudder, rocking minutely from side to side. Shivers shook its whole body in irregular intervals. This goes on for about five minutes, said Simon. Then this. He fast-forwarded, causing the image to blur, and then sat back. Joshua watched, riveted. Every zombie movie he had ever watched was playing through his mind. A rational part of his brain was saying, it's just an animal, an animal got into the coffin. But a louder voice was just saying, this can't be happening, this can't be happening, over and over again. The body had slumped down, as if the ground had given way beneath her. Mary Ellen's corpse shook again, dropped an inch, then another. It was as if the bottom of the coffin were eating her. Gabrielle stood, moved closer. Now, here. This is it, said Simon. Watch. Two hands emerged from below to clasp Mary Ellen by the chest, and with two fitful tugs, yanked her down, out of the camera's line of sight, leaving nothing but the ragged edges of a large hole where she had lain. Wow, whispered Gabrielle. She reached out and brushed her fingertips across the screen. Play it again, slower. Simon did as he was bid. For a second time, they watched the corpse shift and dance, and then two hands emerged from below, coming up through the coffin floor to grasp at her and pull her down. Without being bid, Simon paused the video and they stared at the hands. They were clearly inhuman. The skin pale, smudged with dirt and massively wrinkled, possessing only four short fingers that ended not so much in nails as wide, shallow claws. You're messing with us, said Josh, leaning back. Ha ha, April fools. Simon ignored him, looked up at Gabrielle. She traced the length of the hand with her fingertips, tongue gently licking her lower lip. Straightened, towered over them both. Show me the live stream. Simon clicked the mouse. The image blinked, and they stared at the empty coffin. That's it. Hasn't changed since this morning. I took the feed down as soon as I found out. A couple of her biggest fans have raised a shitstorm, but what can I do? But what the hell? asked Josh, looking from one to the other. We're talking grave robbers here? From beneath the coffin? asked Simon, turning a withering look at him. That thing is buried six feet deep in the middle of the fucking Queen Cemetery. Those hands, said Gabrielle, almost to herself. They weren't human hands. A, a joke, said Joshua. Somebody must be staging a hoax or something. Or, or yes, grave robbers. Perhaps they're building tunnels under each coffin so as to take the bodies. What do we do? asked Simon, addressing Gabrielle. We have to report this, said Joshua. Sure, you go ahead and call the cops and tell them what happened. And how we came to know about it. Simon shook his head, looked back at Gabrielle, who stepped back from the monitor and sat down once more. Show me the video again, she said, voice fighting for calm. From the beginning, no fast forward. Simon shrugged and did so. 
Once more they watched Mary Ellen dance and shake with increasing vigor until the hands appeared and pulled her down, down and out of sight. Way I figure it, the reason she's moving in the beginning is because she's being bumped around by whoever's digging their way up, said Simon. The closer they get to the coffin, or when they're actually breaking through the wood, the more she gets rocked. Gabrielle nodded. This is an opportunity. An opportunity? asked Josh. Yes, said Gabrielle and flashed them both a wide, brilliant smile. We have the opportunity to do something unique. No way, said Simon, sitting back and crossing his arms. No way. Think. The hole leading down is still there. The entrance. How much would our customers pay to see what lies beneath? We charge a special rate. Release the footage to them. Say we're going in. Ten times the normal rate to watch. A hundred. You know they'll pay. I don't care if they pay me a million dollars, said Simon. There's no way I'm going. Simon said Gabrielle, sliding down to her knees so that their eyes were level. Don't be like that. Not gonna work. Simon, she said, moving forward and sliding her hands onto his thighs. You know we need you. Who else would hold the camera? Who else would hold us together? You are the smart one, Simon. You are the one who would help us do this. Simon leaned back, squirming in his seat. No, this is crazy. Let's just close down that feed and move on. Shh, said Gabrielle. She pressed the blades of her pelvis against his knees, leaned forward, concern almost maternal on her face. We need you, Simon. Joshua and I can't do this alone. We'll give you half of the money. Joshua and I will split the rest. Joshua opened his mouth to protest. Why should he get a quarter? He should speak up, protest. No way, Gabrielle. You're not going to convince me this time. No way. He shook his head again, but refused to meet her eyes. She sensed him weaken. You set the rules, she said, digging her fingers into his quadriceps. You set all the rules. When you say we leave, we leave. We do what you say. You would be in charge, totally in charge, of Joshua, of me, Simon licked his lips, shook his head desperately, risked a glance at her, looked away. Gabrielle's head followed him like that of a swaying cobra, keeping his eyes on hers. How do we even get to the coffin? he asked weakly. We can't even reach the damn thing. Joshua can arrange it, can't you, Josh? She looked over her shoulder at him. He blinked, nodded. He could, technically. At least bluff their way out if they got caught. Maybe. See? Gabrielle smiled at Simon, a satisfied smile. Put the rules together. Tell us what equipment we need, and we will do this tomorrow night. Agreed? Fine, said Simon, looking down, scowling. Fine, but if I say we leave, we leave. No debate, no discussion. Clear? Of course, said Gabrielle, pushing herself up to her feet. Looked over at Joshua. Right? Wrong said Joshua, rising to his feet. This display had been too much. How many times had she done just the same to him? How many times had he agreed to things he hadn't even understood at the time? Was he just another tool to her? Another means toward an end? Pride arose within him, ragged and desperate. He raised his chin. Wrong. I'm not doing this. Don't try to convince me. Gabrielle held his gaze, 
Her eyes glittered between the strands of pale white hair, and then she pursed her lips. All right. What? He felt dizzy. All right? She shrugged, remained silent. Simon opened his mouth to speak, and then stopped as she silenced him with a wave of her hand. Well, then, okay, said Joshua, panic rising within him. He hesitated, moved toward the door, stopped, looked back. Gabrielle had already turned away to gaze at the monitor. What was happening? What was he doing? Should he apologize? Ask for her forgiveness? The moment stretched out, became unbearable. They both knew he was standing there, and they both ignored him, speaking to each other in low voices. He couldn't just stand there. No matter what he did, he couldn't just stand there. With supreme effort, with a rising wave of despair, he turned away and near fled down the corridor toward the front door. Crude Sunlight by Phil Tucker The Buffalo State Asylum for the Insane is a grand and terrible building. Abandoned over 40 years ago, its rooms and halls no longer ring with tortured screams. When his younger brother goes missing, Thomas Vercraft comes to Buffalo to find him. Following a trail of black and white photographs and disturbing homemade videos, he tracks Henry down to the doors of the state asylum. It's the last building his brother entered before he disappeared. Crude Sunlight. Available now on Amazon.com. <laughs>